Okay. Are we starting the podcast or we just shoot the shit a little bit more? I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Chris Paul was making fun of James' man boobs in practice. I'm here so I won't get fined. I'm here so I won't get fined. I don't even know where you're sitting at. But. <laughs> I believe this is getting a bit silly. It is recording. He's hitting record. Oh, I'm yeah, recording. He's got to tell you that he's oh, hitting record. Always oh, with the recording day. and the unmuting and the muting and the... The talking oh, and the talking over the talking. each other. It's the microphone. It's the computer. It's always the technology. Drew, your beard looks like Dandy's pubes from the last you episode. You know, someone texted me the other day that Dandy's facial hair and my facial hair, the colors are a lot more similar than I made it sound like. Mm-hmm. And I, I disagree. Um, no. Fuck Dandy. And <laughs> <laughs> fuck his bright red goddamn facial hair. Much, much- We're not the same. I'm built different than you, Dandy. Much like Dandy, you are going to fade to obscurity in two to three years, and the Yankees organization won't know your name. <laughs> Welcome back to Slam <clears throat> Drunk. I'm your co-host, Michael H. The H stands for Hallelujah Westner. I am joined by my co-host. Hi, I'm Drew Hernandez, and I also welcome you to Slam Drunk, and... My middle initials are CH, so count them twice as many as Mike's just single H, and they stand for Christ Hallelujah. Consider yourself one-upped. Well, me, Drew, and Og talked, and we're all incredibly proud that the players in the NBA, WNBA, started to walk out. Obviously, we can't dance around it. Uh, They went on strike earlier this week, last week. Uh, It's been building up for a while. And that movement is carried over through the other professional sports leagues, including Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, and even the National Football practices that have been done in the past couple of weeks. There's no way that we could make a podcast where we're just being our goofy, drunk selves. To be f- entirely clear, we are still goofy and drunk, but we don't want to just shit on mascots this week. We also want to congratulate those leagues that we look up to and, and say that we're very proud of them and we're, and we're very excited and happy to support sports leagues that are that socially conscious and have the drive and the commitment to make a statement towards the owners of their franchises and the nation and world at large. Yeah, sports have always in the United States been an avenue for promoting social change. And that's what we're going to talk about on on a lot of today's podcast is the history of sports in the United States and what roles key players and key shitty people have played in the history of sports in the United States and what what has brought us to this culture change that we're seeing in pro sports in America right now. No matter what your uncle says on Facebook, sports have always been political. They always will be, even though we haven't seen it in the limelight to quite the extent that we are this past month. We are ready to talk about that and we are very proud of the players who have started that change. We will definitely not uh, shut up and dribble. I would definitely not do that. I mean too much to, to society. I mean too much to the youth. I mean too much to, the, to, to so many kids. So with that, we just want to go over a couple of clips and tweets that stuck out to us from the past couple of days that really highlight the points that we really appreciate about social justice. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll go first with this. I love Twitter. I've I, lost uh, 24 followers in the past six months, so I'm ready. I I since since the death of George Floyd, mm. I've been talking a lot more about social justice issues. I've lost probably 125 followers. I just stopped tweeting altogether because too many 12 year old Miami Heat fans were calling me a cock. There are a lot of children on yeah. sports Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Take note, if you're a child listening to this and engage in Twitter, it doesn't matter what you tweet, like good or bad, I'm, I'm not going to engage with it. Anyways, follow me on Twitter, achernandez17, or in, in, the, in the Twitter universe, at achernandez17. I look forward to interacting with people. I argue on Twitter all the time. If you want to start an argument with me, just let me know. I'm also open to, you know, just regular conversations, but fight me. Okay. Twitter. So I'm focusing on one team this week and the team that really stood out to me on social media this week in like actually making a change and contributing to the movement we're seeing in sports right now uh, regarding Black Lives Matter was the Baltimore Ravens unequivocally did something that has never been done in sports before as far as I'm aware and especially in like the social media current world of sports. Five days ago the Baltimore Ravens tweeted an official statement from the team addressing Black Lives Matter and addressing police brutality in the United States right now that specifically calls out Mitch McConnell and demands of him to bring the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act of 2020 to the Senate floor to vote. A lot of people that don't appreciate the social movements having a presence in sports cite that players and teams are not making a real difference and just complaining and using their voice to complain. The Ravens have officially shut that down. It's been shut down before. It's a bullshit argument in the first place. But the Ravens have explicitly shut that down and are calling for specific avenues of change. And never before have I seen a senator or a congressman's or anyone's name specifically thrown out and demand that they act in a certain way to benefit a movement. Mine is a tweet from Stan Van Gundy, uh, the famous NBA coach. He tweeted out, there are no blue lives. There are no blue people. Being a police officer is the job they choose. It is a public job paid for by us. It is the civic responsibility of the people to hold public officials accountable. Protesting against police brutality is not hating the police. And that stood out to me because he seems to cross a line there that it, it would be easy not to cross as an established white coach in the NBA. He's rather well known in the league. Like I said, he's an older white guy. He's not a young black player. Uh, he doesn't necessarily need to say this to get publicity like you might accuse someone who would tweet that out, but he still did. He makes a very fine distinction between hating police and protesting police brutality. And I think that that is really important. And he directly a approaches the Blue Lives movement and, and basically says that that is not going to cut it for us here at the NBA. And I really appreciated that, um, especially because he's such a well-known figure. Um, players come and go. Star players, obviously, they're going to last in the record books. But for someone who has coached on and off for several teams, uh, several different franchises, and been in several different cities throughout his career, I thought that that meant a lot for him to say that and back up the player. So I really appreciated that. If you couldn't tell already, the NBA is my favorite league and the NFL is Drew's favorite league. So it makes sense that we're looking up to players from each of our respective favorite leagues. Yes, I'll continue to sit. I'm going to continue to stand with the people without being oppressed. 
uh, to me, this is something that has to change. And when there's significant change, and I feel like that flag represents what it's supposed to represent, and this country is representing people the way that it's supposed to, I'll stand. All right, this week we only felt that it was fitting that we would try to seek out a Black-owned independent brewery and try to drink one of their beers for this episode. So this week, the beer we're drinking happens to come from Nexus Brewery in Albuquerque, which shout out to Drew's parents. They were kind enough to uh, pick up for us on a road trip that they took earlier this week. So the Nexus Brewery is a Black-owned independent brewery. It just felt appropriate. Uh, We want to shout out as many Black-owned breweries as we can on this podcast. Obviously, it's a sports drinking podcast fusion. So if professional sports leagues are going to embrace Black Lives Matter as they have and as they should, then obviously we should try to embrace Black-owned breweries as best as we could and try to make sure that we lift them up and shout them out as best we can. So Nexus Brewery, You may not be able to find it on every shelf, but Drew and I can attest as two people in New Mexico right now, if you're looking for a great beer, the Imperial Cream Ale, of which we have had three by this point, is incredible. It's described online as a mild, pale, light-bodied ale made using warm fermentation and cold lagering, which packs a punch. And much like the athletes that we support who are taking a stand in their respective leagues, putting their millions of dollars in fame and publicity and everything their entire career is on the line this beer certainly packs a punch we are here for it we love nexus brewery so far and we couldn't be happier to be shouting them out and drinking their beer throughout this episode mike i agree completely i'm very excited that we're doing uh the nexus brewery in albuquerque for this episode some of you will will have noticed that we we did not publish an episode last week and essentially that decision came from At the beginning of all of the walkouts for the NBA playoffs, the WNBA playoffs, NFL practice is being canceled. We are not the voices that you should have been listening to at that time. We'll give our commentary now and do what we can to bring awareness to these movements, but we were not the voices that you should have been listening to. We fully acknowledge we are two white guys talking about sports. At the end of the day, we're we're here to entertain, and we would like to 100% direct your involvement to actions that professional sports leagues and specifically athletes are calling you to. But one way that we can support these movements right now and and support black people in the United States is supporting their businesses and buying from their businesses. And so that's essentially that that's why we chose Nexus Brewery. It is the only black owned brewery in New Mexico that we could find It's four hours from where we are now. And we started with Imperial Cream Ale. Mike, I think you did a great job describing that. Thank On you. nexusbrewery.com, their official website, they describe it as crisp, smooth, light, and packing one hell of a punch. And I'm excited for the next beer that we'll be trying, their Scotch Ale, because the description they gave for their Imperial Cream Ale was spot on. It's, it's not generally the type of beer that I buy, but this was excellent and exactly what they described on their website. This is an excellent beer. I'm really excited. This was 9.3%. We are definitely warm in the face. Bud Light, double fuck you right now because I'm about as drunk as I was feeling during the first episode, and we're, mm-hmm. we're right here at the beginning here. Yeah. Nexus Brewery, thank you. We're really excited that uh, we were able to take advantage of these growlers. 
And if I could just say, if you are in the Albuquerque area, the New Mexico area, or if you're taking any road or plane trips or anything, which you should be safe while doing because COVID-19 is still out there. But in the future, if you are ever in an, in a position where you can go to Nexus Brewery and or at the Albuquerque area and acquire one of their fantastic beers, you absolutely should. I mean, to be honest, we took a gamble. We looked up Black-owned breweries around that we could support, and we just happened to choose Nexus. And honestly, I would do it again any day of the week. This beer is 9.3%. It is delicious. It is fun to drink with with friends. You should probably sip it a bit slower than we did for the the you know the theme of this. Uh, podcast, which is drinking very quickly and, and hitting a bunch of topics. But if you are in the area and can pick it up, please do. It is very, very good. And you're supporting a black owned business. I mean, what's not to like about that? Mike, the last thing I'll add on to beer of the week for, for this episode is that I, I cannot emphasize enough that the next time that I will be in Albuquerque, there will be nothing stopping me from going to Nexus Brewery. There's no chance that that doesn't become a, a staple of my Albuquerque visits from now on. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, this is a place that is worth your visit and worth your money. And they gave it to us in a moonshine growler. You can't go wrong with that. There's a lot of things that need to change. Uh, one, one specifically is police brutality. There's people being murdered unjustly and not being held accountable. Cops are getting paid leave for killing people. That's not right. That's not right by anyone's standards. All right, heroes and zeros. Are we ready? Do you have to piss? It's a little too late. The door is closed. I'm, I'm good for now. We're good for now. This week, we are presenting to you our heroes and zeros of sports in American history. I'm going to ask Mike about the heroes while he asks me about the zeros. Let's go. Yep, that's right. I get the zeros. Not just because we need a rhyme for heroes. And Beeros didn't quite make sense, but because we love to shit on a good villain. All right, Drew, would you do me the honor and tell me who the first hero of this week's pod is? I won't tell you who it is, but I'll give you hints and let you guess. You know, that would make more sense, so please do. Number one, disregarding sports writers, telling him he should, quote, stick to sports and know his place. This athlete became a civil rights leader after his historic career, organizing the Youth March for Integrated Schools with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., which drew 10,000 students. Later, he launched a construction company in his name to build low- and moderate-income houses for minorities. Who am I talking about? Holy shit. Uh, I have to go with... Oh man, I hate doing this, but I'm just going to go with Bill Russell because I know that he was he was active during that time. That was a good answer, but you are incorrect. Thank you. Uh, it was Jackie Robinson, oh. whose older brother, Mac Robinson, gave a big fuck you to Hitler by winning silver behind Jesse Owens in the 1936 Olympics in Nazi Germany. Jesse Owens was my backup answer, so I'm happy with that. Also, if you had told me that Jackie Robinson, um, instead of focused on construction, focused on the Chock Full of Nuts company, I would have been a little closer to that. Chock Full of Nuts, huh? Yeah, I think he has something to do with it. Should we sing Chock Full of Nuts? Yeah. Chock Chock Full of Nuts. Thank you. On to the zeros. Who is this sports talk host talking to? I can completely understand why the Giants would want nothing to do with you. It's a shame because we came on today wanting to see your point of view. 
I came on today thinking, you know what? Maybe this guy, just because it's the Bay Area, they're going too hard on him. That maybe they lean a little too left here and he's getting a bad deal. And now I'm regretting bringing you on because I'm thinking to myself, you know what? He's exactly the turd he makes himself out to be on social media. Hang up on him. We're done. That was a good clip. I'm in charge of the zeros, correct? That's why I have to answer. Um, I These mean, are who, the villains. Who do I know? Like bad people. Okay, I'll, I'll say this one. This isn't really an educated guess, but I'll say this one because this person fucking sucks anyways. Uh, I think this one is Aubrey Huff. And if you're a fan of Aubrey Huff, fuck you. And if you are Aubrey Huff, double fuck you. You are 100% correct. This is Aubrey Huff. Nice. I, August, Huff I don't know shit about baseball. You better be proud of me. Mike, here's, here's your second hero. Thought to be the greatest in the game before Michael Jordan, this athlete led the first NBA boycott in 1961 after being denied service at the restaurant of a hotel he was staying at. Now he's saluting others for following the late John Lewis's guidance by, quote, getting in good trouble. Who is it? Getting in good trouble. All right, so I've heard that quote said before recently, and I know it was an NBA figurehead who I greatly respect. I just cannot remember if it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or my previous answer, Bill Russell. I love both of those men very much. Uh, They are great players, icons, and civil rights activists. 1961 is going to push me back over to Bill Russell. I'm going to feel like a jerk if I guess him twice and don't get it right, but I'm fine with it. Bill Russell. Congratulations, Michael Hallelujah Wessner. Bill Russell is the correct athlete. Thank goodness. And shout out John Lewis, the originator of that quote. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Who was also awesome, even though he didn't originate that quote. Bonafide good guy. All right, on to zeros. Who said it? Quote, it's not about the flag. The message here, what our players are doing, is being mischaracterized. These are not people who are unpatriotic, They're not disloyal. They're not against our military. In fact, many of these guys were in the military and they are a military family. What they were trying to do is exercise their right to bring attention to something that needs to get fixed. End quote. This sounds like a a press conference had with with media um, that probably happened after Colin Kaepernick kneels. Like this this sounds like like NFL kneeling during the anthem. I guess I can't think of anyone more likely to make this statement than Jerry Jones. Final answer? Yeah, final answer is Jerry Jones. I'll, I'm, I'm blanking on other names. You are quite close in the league and the bona fide zero status, but this was actually Roger Goodell. Ugh. Roger Goodell, August 24th, he said that the NFL kneeling is not actually about the flag. He's made a more substantial effort recently but how long has Colin Kaepernick been out of the league? Four years? Is it Colin Kaepernick's been out of the league? And this is when the statement comes out. I mean, we, we are actually talking about like a form of protest that he ignored. Clearly, Colin Kaepernick was blackballed and excommunicated from the league. And four years later, after more people are dying, people being murdered and paralyzed by police – this is when this statement is going to come out. It's while we're moving in the right direction, it's too late. And it's not too late to make change, but it's too late for me to categorize you as a hero rather than a zero. That's definite. Absolutely. All right, Mike, our third hero for you today, here's their description. 
After refusing the Vietnam draft in 1967, this athlete known as the greatest was sentenced to five years in prison, fined $10,000, and stripped of his heavyweight title. Muhammad Ali. Yeah, I mean, good job. That Excellent. Yes. I love Muhammad Ali. Um, I love what he said uh, during that period of his career. Rest in peace, the greatest. Um, although I'm more of a Joe Frazier fan, if you want to go the hometown route. Um, I, I love the appropriate actions that he took uh, during that very tumultuous period of time uh, to protest the Vietnam War and make his his views heard as an athlete. He was one of the most famous, he still is one of the most famous athletes in in American sports history. And I have nothing but respect for Muhammad Ali. So Mike, do you know, so so you knew immediately this was Muhammad Ali. There was, there was no second guessing your answer, but he, he was sentenced to five years in prison and was fined $10,000. $10, do you know what it took to overturn that decision or who had to overturn that decision? I actually don't. I don't. This, this case was brought before the Supreme court that had to make the ruling of overturning the decision. So sports and politics have been very intertwined yeah. for a while. Absolutely. I know that what Muhammad Ali said and did and, continued to do throughout his entire career was very unpopular at the time. I know that it is still very unpopular with people from that era, but for anyone who says now, then anytime in between before, or even after us in this podcast, politics and sports will always be intertwined and people like Muhammad Ali, people like Colin Kaepernick, people like everyone we mentioned as a hero on this podcast will go down in the history books as as heroes, there's nothing else that we can say about that. So all of our respect to Muhammad Ali and all of these heroes that we mentioned on this podcast. And an equivalent fuck you to the zeros. August, I just want to say my last one. I don't care. I don't want to make Drew guess it. I hate this person so fucking much. Nice. Laura Ingram said, quote, the nation stands eternally grateful for your 24 hours of sacrifice to LeBron James after they uh, uh, did their strike in the NBA. Fuck you, Laura Ingram. Your shut up and dribble bullshit is absolutely uh, volatile. Uh, the fact that you think that American citizens do not have the right to voice their opinions because that they make a certain amount of money or because they have a certain status in the country is, is absolutely despicable. You're terrible for that. Uh, what gives you the right to say your opinion just because you are a famous talk show host on Fox News? Fuck you. It wasn't 24 hours of service. I'm proud of LeBron, and he's on the right side of history for that. So you shut up and read your goddamn calling card on your bullshit fucking piece of trash, whatever you call your goddamn propaganda show. I, I also, August, I, I demand that this makes it in. That's not true. I, I demand that there, there's consideration for it to be in. The same people, similar to Laura, is it Ingraham? Ingram. This, the same people that agree with Laura Ingram on shut up and dribble and keep politics out of sports, why did you put the former host of The Apprentice into the White House if you want to keep celebrities out of politics? Literally, fuck you.
My name is a white people, not Vietnams or Chinese or Japanese. You my opposer when I'm on freedom. You my opposer when I'm on justice. You my opposer when I'm on equality. You won't even stand up for me in America for my religious beliefs, and you want me to go somewhere and fight, but you won't even stand up for me here at home. Do it. It is time to meet a mascot. We've opened our fifth beer from the lovely Nexus Brewery in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Shout out Black Owned Breweries. Our meet a mascot. We're not even going to uh, dilly dally on this. It's the Chicago Blackhawks of the NHL's mascot, Tommy Hawk. You may love him. You may hate him. We're going to fucking meet him. Okay. He was introduced in the 2001 to 2002 season. He's a black hawk with kind human eyes red wings a big yellow beak and oh yeah he has native american feathers on his head and a giant native american face on his shirt okay it is crazy that chicago ownership lets tommy keep these native symbols when the blackhawks themselves have banned native american headdresses at home games in their home stadium the united center also on a fucked up note the nhl website specifically says that Tommy Hawk's favorite foods are roasted duck, pickled penguin, coyote burgers, and buffalo wings. I know that those entrees are named after other NHL teams, but goddamn! Tommy Hawk, where do you get off cannibalizing the rest of the league? That's just rude. The one good thing I will say about Tommy Hawk is that in December of 2018, almost two years from now, Tommy Hawk has a video of him recorded by a fan and uploaded to Twitter where I I guess a guy was just kind of hazing Tommy Hawk, the mascot. And Tommy Hawk, I mean, he beat the shit out of this fan and almost fucking Batista bombed his ass on stadium grounds where Chicago Blackhawks had to conduct an internal investigation of what went down. This guy must have really fucked with this bird, this racist bird, by the way, who eats his own kind. To, to, he got suplexed in a hallway. <laughs> Not just a hallway, a hallway in the game that he's supposed to go in. You know how drunk you have to be? I take it from me. I'm a Philly fan. You know how often I'm drunk in a stadium? You know how many people I know that have been drunk in a stadium and either jailed in an Eagles stadium or have been thrown out for X, Y, or Z reasons? Goddamn, you have to be so drunk if you're in the concourse where the game is literally 20 yards away from you and you get absolutely yeeted by the the team's mascot. All we're asking, all we're asking is Tommy Hawk, please yeet racism like you did this drunk opposing fan in 2018. That's the energy you have to bring throughout these protests and this strike, okay? Many thanks. The last thing I'll say is shout out to, I believe, episode one, where we talked about all the different types of mascots and how we switch them to dinosaurs. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks, your mascot is a bird. Quite frankly, if I was at the stadium, I would beat the fuck out of your mascot. The mascot I'm willing to fight the most is a bird, and you should switch to dinosaurs because your mascot is both racist and a bitch-ass bird. Get fucked. And also birds are evolved from dinosaurs, so the lineage there is is quite credible. All right, high energy. All right, do you need me to smack you? Okay, that's a beetle. Okay.
Slam Drunk is overall a silly podcast, but this week we're getting serious. On this episode of our segment, Sign Our Petition, which we have had weekly, and overall low participation, not to shit on you guys. Usually we're ridiculous having you sign these crazy petitions that we create, but this week we are encouraging you to take time to sign the very real petition to charge the cops who shot Jacob Blake and the petition for justice for Brianna Taylor. You can find the link to the petitions in the bio of this episode. There's two links. Please, you'll see that we didn't start them ourselves individually. They are much bigger than this podcast and they deserve your attention more than any dinosaur mascot or any old person geriatric combine could. Another uh, organization that we would like to bring attention to is Colin Kaepernick's Know Your Rights Camp. Kaepernick's organization educates youth by holding seminars accompanied by civil rights attorneys, celebrities, and academics by teaching kids about their rights and resources in their cities. Camps have been held in Atlanta, Amsterdam, Oakland, New York City. It provides legal assistance to those who have been arrested while protesting or who have unfortunately fallen victim to police brutality. And they also just launched a COVID fund, which helps combat food insecurity in the Black and Latino communities, which are disproportionately affected by the pandemic due to years of structural oppression. Drew, August and I have each donated, and we absolutely encourage you to do so as well because it's much more important than this podcast, like we said, and it's just a good thing to do. This is the Mike and Beer Drew Review. We have finished beer number five. Welcome to the Mike and Drew Beer Review. We are opening our last beer. Ooh. Wow. Mike, how is the Scotch Ale six beers in? I like the second beer that we have been drinking better than the first one. That is not to say that the cream is not good but the scotch is just much more up my alley personally for my taste buds. I didn't think that Nexus could get any better with their Albuquerque quirky cream ale, but they have stepped it up a notch halfway through our podcast. This is still 7%. So for, for all of you who are, are just going to Albuquerque to get hammered on our watch and support a wonderful black business such as Nexus, you are absolutely not going to take a step down in your inebriation levels when you move from the cream ale to something as delicious as this scotch brew, because this is 7%. Compare that to the 9.3 we were drinking earlier this week, and all I have to say is I cannot believe how far we've come since we were chugging Bud Light, because I feel like I've had three six-packs of Bud Light in the best way possible. Drew, how do you feel about this second brew that we've been drinking? I agree with a lot of what you said. I must say, the Imperial Cream Ale was delicious. Honest review, not a very chuggable beer. I definitely struggled with drinking three of those very quickly to uh, sort of pregame this podcast. But as we as we got into the Scotch Ale, which is described by the Nexus Brewery at nexusbrewery.com, they described it as their flagship beer. And let me tell you, this is a good beer to have as your flagship beer. If I wanted to be well-known for a beer, I would choose something very similar to this. 
It's nice and dark. It's got a good flavor to it, and it's strong, 7%, like we said. But this is not difficult to drink. I, I would much rather drink this and sip on this or, or even chug this much more, I mean, probably a thousand times as much rationally uh, than a Bud Light. Once again, fuck Bud Light. But to focus on Nexus Brewery, this beer has gotten me significantly drunk. The beer tastes good. I haven't had difficulty, especially since switching to the Scotch Ale halfway through the episode. The Scotch Ale is delicious. I, I can't emphasize enough. If you find yourself in the Albuquerque area, give this place a visit. They have a lot of tremendous soul food offered at their restaurant. And the beer is just incredible. I wish I could try more. The next time I'm there, I will try a lot more. Honestly, the second beer is one of the best beers I've ever had. Not to put down the first one at all. I didn't think you could get better, but you did. And as soon as COVID is over and I'm able to be in Albuquerque reasonably soon, I would love to have a nice tall flight of your beers because this is fantastic out of a growler. And I can't imagine how much better it's going to be in person. This is the first time I've ever had a beer out of Growler, and I couldn't be more excited about it. We rate our beers on a scale of one to ten every episode. If I had to choose a beer to do another episode on, it would without a doubt be the Scotch Ale from the Nexus Brewery. This is an easy, an easy, easy nine out of ten beer for me. I don't like going ten out of ten, and I usually give funny ratings. So if I was going to give this a funny rating, I'd go a thousand out of ten. But realistically, it's like a 9.5 out of 10. And the only reason I'm giving it a 9.5 is because I've already had so much beer that I just, I want to give it the, the honest, sober review later when it's my first beer that I crack open tomorrow. Because, my God, that first beer was like an 8 out of 10. It was a sipping beer. Like Drew said, we chugged it. So maybe not the most honest review, but this one is just a step further in the right direction I consider myself a drinker. My general, my, my, my primary physician considers me a, a gulper. And according to the, the gulper census of 2020, the, the August is telling me I have a minute left. According to the gulper <laughs> consensus or census of 2020, uh, I would rate the Imperial cream ale, which I continually get in trouble for saying, um, I would rate that at a good seven and a half out of 10. I enjoyed it, but I can't drink it very quickly. Uh, if you are looking for a beer to sip, drink that shit slowly. It is absolutely delicious. Moving on though, to the Scotch ale, absolutely delicious. Easy, easy to drink, easy to sip as well. Got a delicious taste. Couldn't recommend it more. Uh, please buy it. If, if you are able, they're working on, on their canning and distribution. As soon as that is up and online, I, I hope that all of you will be able to buy it. And I'm your host, Michael Wessler. August Dichter is our hitting coach, therapist, godparent, producer. Sophie Levinson is our sound engineer and editor. Tyler Salami Eglund did our episode art and will continue to do so. Quick shout out to Mahmoud Abdul Ralph, who played for the NBA in the 90s and was an integral part of kneeling for the national anthem before it was popular and was suspended for doing such and lost a lot of money because of it our intro song samples dreams by dj quads check out chill out records on youtube and chilloutmedia.com if you have any questions comments concerns or other just memes you want to send us email us at slamdrunkpod at gmail.com again that is s-l-a-m-d-r-u-n-k-p-o-d at gmail.com Sign the petition for racial change at change.org. 
the the two links for the two different petitions will be in our bio. And remember, if you're under uh, 21, please do not drink. Although being in New Mexico, I'm very close to the border. I was in Mexico a couple days ago. And honestly, if you're in a different country like the Netherlands or the, or, or Denmark, like some of our listeners uh, occasionally rarely are, Feel free to drink with us if you're above 18 and under 21, but only as your local national state laws permit. And remember, per our recommendations, unless you live in New Zealand, wear a goddamn mask. And even if you live in New Zealand but travel to meet us because you're our biggest fans and emailed us first at slamdrunkpod at gmail.com, please wear a mask anyway. That is slamdrunkpod at gmail.com, S-L-A-M-D-R-U-N-K-P-O-D, at G-M-A-L, fuck, G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M dot com. Thank you. Not to be confused with slamdrunkpod at AOL.com. We don't like that email address anymore after the porn ads.